Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. And finally, it is the end of the year. I'm David Reed and this is Marek Larwood. Hello. Taking you through the films of 2016. And the dog in the background is going mental in appreciation. Of it almost being done. So there were many, many tragic deaths this year. And annoyingly, the dog next door was not one of them. What, you, what this is adding is a great subtext of the podcast, because you've got us talking. Meanwhile, you've got Buddy growling and the dog in the background. Yeah. That's the B-plot. That's the B-plot, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? And the B-plot and the A-plot will collide to take us into the final act. What other podcast can give you the A-plot and the B-plot within five seconds? I mean, we're so efficient. So efficient. We're going to be talking about our favourite films, our top five films of the whole year. Uh, We'll also talk about some uh, other choice mentions that didn't quite make our lists and possibly the worst film of the year as well, in our opinion. So, um, well, let's kick things off, Marek. What film, any particular order, has made it into your favourite films of 2016? I'm going to go... Well, first of all, I don't think it was a classic year for films. No, I had to trawl a bit to find stuff that I thought was brilliant. But actually, there were a few that nearly made my top five. I we, probably had about eight films to pick from. Yeah, I think there were ones we both think the nice guys almost made mine. Nearly made yours. mine. It didn't, but not quite. Julietta almost made mine. We oh. have also seen very different films to each other, yeah. so hopefully we won't have identical lists. I mean, I'm going to start at the top of the year because you've got all the. Um, you've got your book with you, I see. We should mention you book, have got your uh, book. List of all the films I've seen for now the past four years. Marek takes a dream journal yes. uh, of all the films he's seen and then the, th- the dreams he has afterwards. I was going to put Spotlight in, but as I'm picking the films. I should say what my criteria is really. Yes. The ones that I think have stayed with me. Yes, I, uh, and I, I definitely think that is a powerful thing. Some, sometimes moments or scenes from films that I didn't rate that highly, I thought were actually a bit mediocre, have stayed with me, whereas films I really enjoyed at the time have sort of disappeared. You it's almost an need to give thing. a double rating system, which yeah, is yeah. the straight out of the cinema rating, and then you've got your after three months once yeah, it's all yeah. soaked in. So pick one. What's the what's your first My pick? My first film that really the one that really blew me away, which I think would really split audiences, and I was in the right mood for it, which is clinically depressed, um, was Youth, which is the Paolo Sorrentino film with Michael Caine and Harvey Keitel 
as two uh, retired uh, orchestra conductor who's staying in this Swiss sort of um, luxury hotel where all these other rich people stay to unwind. And, and you said it was uh, very interestingly sort of made, wasn't it? Like the it ambi- flows over you. The but... ambition of it, of just casting some bloke playing Maradona who just goes into a tennis, who's overweight, doesn't say anything, just looks vague like Maradona. He's never mentioned who he right, is. Yeah. And he does a bit where he just kicks his tennis ball up in the air for ages in odds. It's such brave moments. The moment when... Michael Caine starts conducting the cow sounds into an orchestra, right? Which you, which are quite shocking and strange. But I, I really, this is one of the films I love for a couple of scenes, and the song is called the Simple Song, which at the end is absolutely beautiful music. I was really surprised by it. I saw a great beauty which I didn't really get at the start, and I sort of warmed to, but was a bit too weird. This is a bit like that. Which I think if you've seen one of his films already, mm. you'd take a while to get into his world. Yes. But Youth, I loved it. Um, I think people... I've not really heard anyone else apart from me wax lyrical about it. 7.4 on IMDb. So if you want to see something completely different, uh, I think it will really split people. Um, yeah, I'll go for youth. Okay. Um, well, which one am I going to pick as my first choice? Um, um, I think I'm going to go for a film we've not actually talked about on the... No, maybe you talked about it, actually. I might be wrong here, but I certainly haven't spoken about it because I only saw it recently. But I just thought I loved it was Bone Tomahawk. I haven't seen it. No, I've heard about it. It's a Kurt Russell starring in it. Um, Someone recommended it to us in a letter. That's right. And I said I I wanted to see it for a while. But um, it's a Western about um, some people being kidnapped from a remote uh, Wild West town and a band of... Uh, misfits go and try and rescue them basically that is that is the entire setup and it brings up again Richard Jenkins who's an actor we've talked about in recent oh, years how he suddenly he is bit. incredible in this film yeah. he's playing an old simpleton but plays it with such warmth and depth as like well like Ricky Gervais uh, yeah but like imagine if Ricky Gervais was sort of likeable I can't. Okay, fine. But well, then imagine Richard Jenkins, and yes. you're closer. Um, he's absolutely brilliant, and it, uh, Patrick Wilson, who's in everything as well, and another one who people possibly don't know his name. He plays Night Owl in Watchmen, and he's he's in loads and loads of films. He's really good in it. And then Matthew Fox, who was one of the leads in Lost. Oh yes, he plays a an incredibly arrogant. Uh, dandy in a white suit but he plays it all, every single character in this is so well drawn you know and you go oh this is filmmaking like it's great plus some of it is truly shocking oh really truly scenes I have never seen anything I'm like gonna watch it. it I'm going to go and watch it um, Bone Tomahawk is, is wonderful it really really Wait, really where, good. where can you get it um, it's on Netflix now Netflix! Um, but it's one of those things where even though it's a fairly trad 
uh, story progression, the fact that it has characters you care about and enjoy time with, the, you, you barely notice. You know, it's it's good. It is shocking. It will not be for everybody, uh, but it's it's good. Um, yes, Bone Tomahawk. Very pleased to have got that in before the end of the year. Okay, next one. This, I think, is uh, one of my favourites and a real nice surprise. I talked about this at the start of the year. It's about two brothers who are farmers in um, uh, Iceland or somewhere. The goat one. Yeah, well, they're sheep sort of farmers. Right. Um, so it's an Icelandic drama it's called Rams uh, and it's uh, two brothers who's one of the sheep who they, they live in farms next to each other but they haven't been speaking for about 40 years because they fell out <laughs> and this, one of the sheep gets scabies and it's how they deal with it and how things escalate what's great is to see a film where there's not really much talking mm. but you just realise you don't need to talk all the time. No, if only you, we'd pick up on that you lesson. You don't need to, David. You can just show people without saying it. Mm. Um, I absolutely love this film. Uh, it just feels completely different from everything else, like youth. Uh, and when you go to cinema, you like to escape and experience <laughs> something different from the monotony of London overcrowding and the rudeness of people so the furthest you can get one of the furthest you can get is Iceland a farm in Iceland yeah I mean culturally speaking that's very far away isn't it Iceland's not that far from us I guess yes but I mean in terms of the difference yes the difference have you been to Iceland no but I might yeah I'd love to go shall we go what do a podcast there we don't have to. Freezing. Why are we getting up a pants? That's in Iceland. It sounds like a good special. I don't think people listen to that for that long. The Iceland pants special. Rams. Watch Rams. Okay. My second choice is going to be. Actually, let's get it. Let's get it out of the way. We talked about it last week. Rogue One. It's 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 tipped its way into my top five. I, I just really enjoyed it. You know, it's it's a properly good romp that uh, has uh, well drawn characters in it. It's a good story. Everyone in it's great, and you get to see what the best Star Wars battle that anyone's ever made. So it's good. Okay. Um, Shall I go to the next one? Yeah. A documentary. And there are quite a few good documentaries I've seen this year. Yes. Um, the documentary seemed to be consistently good, whereas the films are very sporadic. Ones that didn't get in, I should mention, uh, were the... Uh, uh, we've not spoken about why well, I saw the Amanda Knox documentary. Oh. On Netflix. Any, any good? Absolutely fascinating. And it almost made it into an insight into how twisted the media is yes and there's a, a reporter on there basically saying how he was just trying to sell stories doesn't care a Daily Mail reporter one of the most obnoxious human beings I can't believe he allowed himself to be filmed and since he was filmed do, in, in his documentary he took himself off Twitter wow <laughs> or he blocked people on Twitter it's just you realise 
how much it was blown out of proportion and what horrible, uh, what how awful our media is. Um, and I didn't, inc- I didn't include which I because it didn't stay with me. Um, the win- what was it called? Winter of I can't remember what. It was oh yeah, the one uh, in Ukraine. Yes, that nearly made it onto my list as well because uh, I thought that was Winter on Fire, which is incredible. Is incredible, but the one I thought that has stayed with me is Weiner, which is the story of the disgraced congressman uh, Anthony Weiner, yeah. who accidentally tweeted a picture of his dick twice. Uh, but what's interesting <laughs> is is that this um, directly led to had ramifications in the election because it was his wife Huma Abedin, who's, yes, uh, who's when her, Hillary's emails were discovered, her email, you know, her emails were checked as part of this investigation. Right. So the, the implications of this one tweeted dick pic. Are you saying we're living in uh, a, a dick pic era? But it's. It, Are you saying dick pics gave birth to Donald that, Trump? The, the fact that um, Clinton was investigated by the FBI, yeah. and it was li- her links to Huma Abedin, who was investigated because of him tweeting this. It is literally the butterfly in Brazil causing the earthquake in Japan. So you're saying uh, you're summing up 2016 as dick pic to Donald. Yeah. That's the progression. Yeah. They were talking, I read an interesting article actually about um, celebrity deaths in 2016. Yes. And whether it was abnormal or it was the number of celebrities. And they said the first three months was... A, a, a really high spike. Yes. But the rest of the year hasn't been as bad. Yeah, everyone wants to keep saying it the rest of the year. Yeah. It was it was particularly bad in that first three months. Yeah. But Wiener is just uh, one of those documentaries where the story happens perfectly. Yeah. And he's such an f- interesting character and his wife is really likeable. It's really worrying how these people anyone who seeks power should not be given power yeah that is my conclusion anyone who actually wants that is not responsible yeah (laughs) is mental but will power just corrupt people who didn't want it in the first place I mean is is nobody safe well no one's safe especially if you come around my house (laughs) alright okay um Another, the third one on my list is going to be one I knew nothing about purposefully other than it was a sort of unofficial sequel um, and really, really enjoyed it. It's 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yes, it is excellent. John Goodman, you know, being as good as he ever is, you know, just absolutely fantastic. And um, it's a great uh, claustrophobic thriller with... A little sci-fi twist. It's excellent, absolutely excellent. What do I think of John Goodman? For some, because of the name, I also think of John Candy because there's all these big, slightly different candy and and good. They're, I they're wonder good whether John Candy, because John Goodman's obviously a brilliant actor who can yes. do serious stuff, and John Candy would died really young before mm. he had that old. I wonder if he would have been a brilliant serious actor. I bet it's interesting because, yeah, John Goodman started out, of course, in Roseanne as a sitcom actor. Yeah. And a lot of those 
70s and 80s comedians went on to try their hand at serious stuff and some were quite good at it. I mean, he, Robin Williams uh, did it yeah. in um, uh, Insomnia and One Hour Photo. Yeah. I thought he was very good in both of those and actually The Fisher King long before that. Um, who else? Did, Steve Martin's done a few serious turns. Um, yeah, I wonder what John Candy would have been like because he's got a very friendly face, hasn't he? Yeah, as he's, as he's older, I wonder what... Uh, he's such a unique character. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, uh, shall we have a little break for a letter? Why not? That's three and three, isn't it? Um, yeah, who's written it? Well, only fantastic football player, Tom Saunders, who played for my team in the... Are thrilling. I mean, we've not talked about this. We've not. But you're... You, you were listening to the two finalists... In possibly one of the greatest sporting moments of 2016. It was a hell of a time. A hell of a time in the Larwood Invitational Cup. We were playing in the cold weather, which we've never done in sport before. And into the night, actually. I mean, the sun... Buddy, quiet. The sun was setting as was we dark, were playing. It went to penalties and D- David triumphed. But anyway, one... the, the Camden Kongs did the double. We got both cups this year, so I'm very pleased. But very pleased. Tom Saunders, who plays for uh, uh, the Badham Chokecaster team, came to play for my team. So, uh, and he is written in to tell us about um, the films that he, all the films that he watched on his free Netflix month. Okay. So, do you want to read? That sure. Um, he says, "Howdy, chaps." Here's all the things I watched on my free Netflix month. The White Helmets, pretty self-explanatory and as affecting and sad as you'd expect. Seven Toms. Creed. I set myself the task of watching all the Rocky films before, uh, because I hadn't seen any of them. And this was the only one that Now TV didn't have. So it was good to close off that, that little project. It certainly is another Rocky film. Seven Toms. <laughs> Buddy. Buddy's Buddy trying to Christmas. eat our Christmas presents. Um... Moneyball. I love stats, but baseball is super boring. So this just sort of wandered along the middle ground. The first time we see all the players' scouts sat discussing who they want to buy with their money is one of the worst edited scenes I've ever uh, sat through. I had no idea where anyone was sat or who was talking to who. So I guess five toms, six? The Big Short. Another mixture of loves and hates. Talking to the camera and having postmodern cutaways can suck dick. I think they just about managed to explain a very complicated situation in a very entertaining way. And I do enjoy hating capitalism. Eight toms. Guardians of the Galaxy. I was told this was, this was a, this film was different to the other Marvel films. I was told it was good, that it stood alone and did something special. I was lied to. Five toms. <laughs> it's interesting that, actually. We'll get back to that. Kajaki. Not much to add beyond what people have said already, except that I was prom- uh, prompted to say, for fuck's sake, out loud at one point. Brilliant. Nine toms. Most of series one of Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> it's got all the classics in it. A sex planet, Picard's weird formal dress, Data's brother. Uh, three Q episodes. Awesome. Ten toms. <laughs> Keep doing the Fs. Tom. Um, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. Everyone was very... Uh, Excited by because it seemed to wear its quirky sense of humour on its sleeve, um, but actually, I've I've rewatched it and I was like, I was kind of bored. Like the story's duff and it's 
seriously lacking decent female characters and a decent villain as well. It's just like, yeah, there's some stuff in here, but you can do better. You can do better. Let's see if the next one's any good. But Kujaki, excellent film. Right, number four. Do you want to go first? Sure. I'm going to go for Victoria. Oh, well, that's my number four as well. Well, then let's talk about Victoria. Fantastic film. Um, This uh, was from earlier in the year that it... uh, Now, let me get this right. It's set in Germany or is it Austria? It's sort of of a trans-European Yes. Well, she's, I think, Spanish and they talk in English sometimes and sometimes German. And... It's about one evening in the life of this girl, Victoria, but it is shot entirely in one take. And that's not just a gimmick, it really does add to the claustrophobia and the tension and the fact you can never leave. And you, you it really helps you empathise with her character, the fact that there is no cutaway, there's no respite, it just keeps rolling on. And they get involved with some uh, criminals at one point uh, after they sort of get a buzzing high from uh, going out for the evening and they make some very poor decisions and then it gets worse. I won't tell you more than that, but it is absolutely excellent, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I mean, this just got on mine list I don't say it's the film I enjoyed the most but has stayed with me because it's just a remarkable achievement mm. to do that yes in and it's and they do do it without and any the trickery actors are so good like they are so naturalistic and um at no point do you think oh they're they're trying to hit their mark or they're trying to do that because it's you it's like it's like a weird sort of documentary where the person never sees the camera. Like, it's great. It doesn't feel that far-fetched either. No, no, no. Also, it might have stayed with me a bit because the main girl looks a lot like uh, comedian Lou Sanders. Yeah. And so, and and it feels like a cautionary tale for what would happen if Lou ever went to Europe. So I think it's probably... It feels a bit like something Lou would do as well. <laughs> yeah. So it's probably best she stays here for now. Yeah. Um, but it, I think as a, a, I think you've got to applaud these experimental yeah. films, and uh, I, I, I'm fascinated to see what the director does next. Well, his name was Sebastian Schipper, um, and uh, he he is very very good. Um, he does have one upcoming project uh, on IMDb called Undeniable, uh, and it's the story of one of the world's leading experts in post-traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> so. Um, that what sounds be, interesting. What would be really great, they, they show theatre live, don't they? I can't even say the word properly. Theatre, yeah. It would be great to have a, a live cinema. I mean, oh my to God, actually I watch mean, the that live. tension of that, yeah. To... If they could do it, I mean, it'd be really strict, but they could theoretically do that. Yeah, yeah, they could. And and you go to the cinema and you're watching an hour or two hours of live, but it's properly scripted, not like a crappy Big yeah, Brother thing. Yeah, yeah, but if they pull it off, the the catharsis at the end of having watched that and you didn't see the boom once and it was totally would be great wouldn't it but yeah, that would be a way of making cinema a lot more exciting yeah yeah um, so we're down to the fifth choice um, shall I go first yeah go for it I have gone for a film that I knew absolutely nothing about other than one actor who was in it when I went to see it and it blew blew me away. It's beautiful. It's Hunt for the Wilder People. This is Taika Waititi's um, 
New Zealand folk tale starring Sam Neill yeah. and a young boy, and it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. So funny and full of heart and really well made. It's just excellent. I'm going to watch Bone Tomahawk and that before the end of the year. Yeah. Well, very soon. Very soon. Uh, my last one, and I'm picking these. And there's, there's not. There's probably about ten films that are good. That are not much to separate from. Right. I'm just picking the ones I think on the basis that are more ambitious right than you know the, the sort of I mean I could have picked I Daniel Blake I could have picked you know the room uh, a room sorry not the room but room room was good I Revenant I, could I have picked, thought room know, wasn't quite the second half felt like it fell apart a bit and you know what I felt the same way about The Lobster I was re- I was loving the first half of The Lobster which came out early this year and uh, the second half just felt like it lost its way slightly for me um, I uh, I'm picking Swiss Army Man oh right yes I've still not seen it I just think it was really refreshing and uh, even though there are lots of fart gags in it it made me laugh and it was just a bit Obscure. I really like Paul Dano's. And Paul Dano's in two of my top five films of the year. You're a big Dano fan. I just think he makes really good choices. I think he makes really, he goes yeah. for interesting films rather than literally the. Uh, he, I think Paul Dano is becoming a sort of uh, actors. Where's Samuel Jackson? You think that film could be shit? <laughs> yeah. Paul Dano is likely to be interesting. Yeah. So. Swiss Army Man, that'll be another one where you like it or you hate it. Well, there's our there's our top fives for this year. Um, before we go, uh, any uh, what do you think was the worst thing that came out this year for you? My worst mark, it's got two merits. I'm just checking through the long list, which was the do-over. The Adam Sandler, uh, a David Spade... Uh, oh yeah, the uh, Netflix, Netflix original, the first yeah. of their six film deal or something. Well, he's got five point seven on IMDb, but the Metascore, the critics reviews, is two well twenty two. Right. It is awful. It is sexist. It is um, without merit. <laughs> um, you might as well do a shit in a lunchbox and throw it in a child's face. I'm very busy. I. <laughs> Okay, don't get rid of the lunchbox. Sure. Um, Why waste the lunchbox? Absolutely, they're useful, you know. Um, yeah, a few a few films that I've not mentioned that, um, that I think are worthy of mentioning again are uh, Neon Demon, The Greasy Strangler, which I think might m- well be Marek's favourite film if you, you go to see it. Okay. Um, but the absolute worst film by... It, it was... Heads ahead of everything else. Like nothing else could beat it for things I saw. Yeah. And I've not talked about it on the podcast before. Yeah. Is Suicide Squad. Now okay. the DC uh I what they've made three films now in their new current run. Where the, it's going to expand exponentially starting next year. But they made um, Man of Steel, one of the most boring superhero films I've ever but with seen. With an incredible soundtrack. What a waste. Sure. But it's totally tedious. Then they made uh, Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice, and I thought that was the most confused 
pile of rubbish I could have seen. Oh, how wrong I was. In the third one, in Suicide Squad, it is an abysmally constructed film. They've Every single decision they've made is wrong. This was hyped for a long time. A long well, time, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Will Smith is enjoyable as Will Smith, and Margot Robbie is doing incredible work to make a totally pointless character likeable. Like, the two of them deserve their own movie without all of this crap. But Suicide Squad, for all I'm giving it one David, Wow, did have probably the biggest laugh I've had watching a film this year, which is the most incompetent introduction of a character so that they can kill him I've ever seen. They spend about 40 minutes introducing all of the characters one by one. And then suddenly, another one arrives... And his only thing is he just he just joins them. And someone goes, who's that? And it's, and it's like, I think it's Will Smith goes, that's Slipknot, he can climb anything. That's his superpower. <laughs> and within 20 seconds, his head falls off. Oh, blimey. <laughs> it's absolutely phenomenally balls. And I'm afraid to say, Jared Leto's Joker is so unappealing and uncharismatic. Oh, really? He's gone, uh, as they say in Tropic Thunder, full retard, and there is nothing enjoyable about okay, it. Okay, yeah. It's, this, this film is appallingly bad. Um, so, well done. Well done, DC. I now want to see what your fourth film is for how f- much further you can sink, because you're so bad at this. You're so bad at this. On all mention, that must go to Jason Bourne, which was terrible, which was just... Matt Damon running around a crowd with that dooga 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 yeah, music, yeah. and that is it. So that was terrible as well. I mean, we could make one of those. Dooga 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 dooga. Yeah, it'd be good. It'd be good, wouldn't it? Well, that's 2016. Um, you've not been a great year. Go fuck yourself, 2016. I think I'd yeah. like to. But 2017, it's going to be great, isn't it? It's going to and be a wonderful time. And you can make time. it better. You can make it better. We do all of this for free. We have given you 52 episodes this year, um, all for of free. Bu- of bullshit. Of total bullshit that you've poured into your ears and poisoned your personalities with. You can with. never get that time back. You can never get it back. But what you can do is thank us for ruining your lives by going to filmfandango.com and donating towards the podcast. Just click the donate button and give us anything you feel is uh, correct for the value we have given you. Um, Because that's the only reason we can keep doing this rather than hemorrhaging cash on cinema tickets. So to everyone who already has, thank you, thank you very, very much. Do it again. Uh, <laughs> thank you, yes, thank you. It's much appreciated. Very kind. Thank you very much. But we've had fun doing this. It's been um, it's been fun doing fifty two episodes. Let's do another fifty two. Um, we will see you again in two thousand and seventeen. Have a happy new year and keep, keep watching, watching the, the films. films. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash 
upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.